As entrepreneurs, we see the world differently. In a world that not only tolerates but promotes mediocrity, we unreasonably demand more. Giving you access to the world's most successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders, this podcast uncovers the untold truths of what it really takes to build a multi-million dollar business while optimizing your personal performance in every area of your life. I'm Jack DeLosa. Let's get to work. Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Jack DeLosa podcast, the place you come to master your business and elevate your life. The person sitting to the left of me is a good friend, a great entrepreneur, and a great Australian influencer who I credit with the funniest moment. For those of you that have seen my TV show called Entrepreneur on Sky Business, Your Money, Channel 9, uh, I credit this man with the funniest moment in television history for that show. If that is the funniest (laughs) moment in that show's history, that is a bad show. Well, oh, that, that is dry. <laughs> you need to get. You need to get I think people. The on host is new. Yeah. He's new to TV. He's still working out how to be funny. <laughs> Mate, thank you for joining us. Great to be here, Jack. Good to have you here. Now, for those of you, uh, no, I'll do, that, I'll do that differently. Yeah. Now, let me introduce Jules. Uh, Jules, as I said, is a great entrepreneur. He's the founder of Tribe, an influencer marketing platform that connects brands directly with social media influencers. He's also an Australian media personality. Many of you probably know him. Uh, from hosting Getaway as well as different radio shows. In three years, Jules's business tribe has facilitated more than 6,000 influencer marketing campaigns and raised over $5 million to expand we're into actually, the UK. Yeah, we're, we're, that's about two years old, I think. Yeah, all right. What are the, what are the new numbers? We should have done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're Let's doing that now, rolling, if we're doing that now, we're cactus. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone under. <laughs> Jules, <laughs> tell us, how much money have you raised? <laughs> well, we've got some impending announcements. I mean, some in- and this is not your exclusive, Jack. <laughs> but Sounds incredibly formal. <laughs> it's like we're at the AGM. Some impending shareholder but announcements. But we have, we have delivered around 10,000 campaigns for... Good, that's more than 6,000. That is, by 4,000. And uh, we've cultivated a community of about 50,000 content creators and they've generated well about... Five hundred and fifty thousand beautiful pieces of branded content. That is incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. So, mate, let's jump in. I want to talk about how influencers changing the marketplace yep. uh, and how brands can influence them. Um, first of all, a lot has changed since we spoke two to three years ago. Yeah, consumers are getting a lot more savvy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more noise in the marketplace. How can brands continue to work with influencers, and how is this space still relevant and effective? Okay, well, thank God it's got noisier. Yeah. Um, because, and even got controversial at times. As I've learned, the most dangerous thing is when people just stop talking about a category. You know, like, because there's no wind in it, mm. in the sales. So, how do brands continue to work I- in this current climate? Um, I think now using technology. Thankfully, the technology is finally caught up. You know, it takes so long to build tech. Um, we've spent four years building ours and you know, <laughs> millions and millions of dollars um, in order for it to give um, our customers, which are the brands, the ability to just literally do things that they expect out of apps now. Mm. And so when you can um, fill a campaign with 200 micro-influencers um, in you know, 10 hours, yeah then you now realize that this opportunity to work with smaller, um, more influential people is about to open up. 
So that's a really interesting point in and of itself because one of your key principles is you don't need influencers yeah. with millions of followers. Sometimes those with thousands of followers can be equally, if not more effective. Talk to us about yep. how that's true. So when I first designed um, Tribe, and it was sort of born out of the fact that um, I'd built this, helped build this most engaged Facebook brand page, which was the Fifi Angels yeah. uh, brand page. We had a radio show. And we built this community and it was going bananas. And a lot of the brands and media agencies were asking, how did Southern Cross Oz Stereo, the radio network, build this asset? And so they said, Jules. Um, and so I started to consult to brands and media agencies. And influencer marketing started to garner a bit of attention. And because they knew that I could engage social tribes, I was inundated with sponsored post requests right in the early days. So if Nike, for instance, said, we want you know Jules to jump in midair, slow-mo, on Instagram promoting it to his followers, they would go to the agency, the agency would go to our sales team, go to producers, go to my talent agent, then go to me. And it would sell, take months to sell one piece of content. And so basically I just created a workflow that just simplified it. Um, but we didn't want to build our um, marketplace on the reach you get from influencers. Instead, we wanted to build it on the, the content that you can get from influencers, because mm -hmm. at that stage, the Facebook edge rank algorithm changed and we realized that we'd been building this community on someone else's land. Mm. And Zuckerberg just changed the locks. Remember mm. when you built all these things, everyone spent all this money yeah. and then you were talking to 100% of them and then all of a sudden you're speaking to 5%. They said, yeah. if you want to speak to the other 95, pay. pay. And we all got, the world got suckered into the greatest yeah. piece of genius yeah. I've ever seen. Absolutely. And so um, because we wanted our platform not to be built on that basic volatility, um, we asked our creators to craft content and pitch it to brands up front. And so by doing that, we flipped this model. And what we realized very quickly was it wasn't about these celebrity influencers that you talk about. It wasn't about the ones with million followers because they themselves weren't great at creating content. Mm. See, athletes and pop stars and radio hosts and actors, they didn't build that social audience from thousands of posts crafting content. They got it because they're on The Bachelorette and they look down, they got 100,000 followers. Mm, mm. So they were just going, eh, you know, and getting paid three grand to put something up near their face. And that was sort of influencer marketing 1.0. And Fire Festival was a great example of that. Yeah. Grab supermodels and say that they're social media influencers. No, they're not. They're Victoria's Secret models. They're not, they're not social media influencers. So <laughs> they gave it all a bad name. And so... As soon as technology arrived... And they didn't understand how to influence. No, they were crap. <coughs> and they still, like Kardashians, still hold up crap near their face. So the reality is that as soon as you build technology, you can actually um, um, manage 200 micro-influencers in less time than it would take to manage a celebrity influencer. Right. And so the celebrity influencer, say you pay them five grand, if you pay the influencers five grand, you have 30 of them. Mm. Not only do you reach more people, but you engage more because the smaller the tribe, the more potent the influence. That's actually genuinely exciting just hearing you talk about that. Talk to us about why the quality of that yeah. coverage it cuts through yeah. to a greater degree. Well, it cuts through because I don't know if you know that they changed the Instagram algorithm in the way that I just described. They mm. changed that Facebook one four years ago. And so um, that's when it went from chronological to more relevant based. And all these influencers started to squeal, going, oh, my engagement's dropped. Yeah. Now, if you have a million followers or two million followers, your engagement did drop. Yeah. If you have 25,000, it doubled. 
Is that right? Yeah. So those with under 100,000 followers, their engagement improved dramatically. Under 25,000 right? 25, followers, it doubled. Wow. The point is Instagram will always reward everyday users. And what they say is they're everyday users. They don't like the outliers. So my point here is they're not making new social media influencers that have a million plus followers. Like if you started with zero followers today, you'd never get there on Instagram. Yeah. The algorithms change, the growth, the boom is over. And, and just hone in on that, because I think that's important. You know, we get a lot of people mm. who are looking at the, the, the fitness model that, that yeah. built a million followers in a couple of years. Your view around that is those days are gone. Can yep. you just talk to that quickly? Well, they, no one, so, I'll give you an example with Facebook in those early days, the boom days, right? When you're building these audiences. Now, I say you don't even need to build an audience on Facebook because it now costs you the same amount to reach that audience you built and spend yeah. energy and money to attract yeah. as it does to build your to reach your competitor's audience. You're gonna pay to reach an audience. Why pay for the ones you've already converted? Mm. So it's actually having 2,000 or 500,000 on a Facebook community is a waste. I, I see no value in that whatsoever. Mm, mm. So, um, yeah. What if, what if they're in a group? Groups are great. Okay. Yeah. Why? Groups. Well, groups are great because it, it reward, the algorithm is just far, it's a, it's a more intimate space. And because there's not as much advertising in that, um, you actually get greater cut through yeah. with your audience. So if you've got audience in a group, the the organic reach of yep. whatever content you post yeah, yeah, they is just haven't dialed it down. Greater. Will they dial it down? I don't know. But there's also talks about you know um, influencer platforms that are just working within Facebook groups. But I'll talk about why. So in those early days of Facebook, yeah. you could post a pick of Nutella toast and reach 10 million people. I, I'm not kidding. How good's Nutella? And 10 million people would be reached, right? Yeah, we love Nutella. Now those days, they weren't sharing your Nutella toast with the world, they were sharing the platform with the world, right? So it was, and like LinkedIn, you put that video up um, yesterday about CEOs, right? So at the moment, LinkedIn is not sharing your content with the world. They're sharing the video feature on LinkedIn with the world. Yes. And as soon as it, very good and as soon as it. enough people figure that out and they get saturation, then they just dial it down. So they're they're just giving it so that the the platform spreads across the globe. As soon as it does, and they've got that, they hit that point, then they actually it's pay to play with specific features. So yeah. Facebook, we've just launched live video, so we're gonna go sort of artificially boost it. Mate, go until nuts. Until it gets you know, fully adopted by yep. our user base, dial it down. Next thing, yeah. whatever and it is. And they're your, they're your jet streams, yeah, right. your slip streams. Yeah. So as soon as there's a launch, such a good way you just look get on it. that for a few months and you'll just it'll just take you. It's like a, a tide. Jet stream. Yeah. So um, the, the, the reason why Instagram micro-influencers are valuable is because now that, now that it's really hard to get to a million and anyone could get to 20,000 still, um, that's where the value is. The value is in, um, in activating armies. And what you're actually really doing, the real opportunity in influencer marketing at the moment is actually turning your own customers into your marketing department, mm. right? Mm. because 
um, now that you're not working with celebrities who go, oh, I expect my Nikes to be sent to me. Mm. You're working with real people that love Nikes. Mm. And so you'll look in like the tribe app and you'll see Nike going, hey, have you got a pair that you want to celebrate? And you'll go, oh my God, I can celebrate all the products I use and love around me um, because we all endorse a thousand brands as consumers. Yeah. And I genuinely love those. I will buy the product, I'll celebrate it in their way. And I may not get paid, but if I do, I'm literally getting paid for brands I already use and love. Yeah. And then influencer marketing is more authentic than it's ever been. And that's mm. what we've spent three years championing. And so if we come back to the point around building substantial audience on Instagram, for example, today, you reckon those days are gone. Just touch on why it's significantly harder to build audience now. Because they've got a, they've, they've now converted a billion everyday people right. into content And they're creators. no longer pushing the platform exactly. the way it's, they used to. It's got, like, it's got its own momentum and they, they don't need to, they, they want people to feel restricted and then to let the um, ceiling open up through paid means. Yeah. So it's it's just very simple. They 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 will give a certain amount of engagement, and then if you want any more, you just pay for it. Whereas yeah. if they gave it away for free, then no one's going to pay for it. So if 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 I'm watching this or listening to this, I'm a personal trainer, crowded yep. marketplace. I've got yep. an email database of six thousand. I've got a yep. Facebook following of two thousand. I've yep. got an Instagram following of four thousand. Yep. What's your sort of stance around that? You know, should I be really driving my social and should I be driving growth and should I be driving its engagement or should I be driving my email list? So what I would be doing is I would be using Instagram and Facebook, which are the most sophisticated direct marketing operations in history. Mm, like it mm. is just the ability right now to take some advertising and target your specific niche, you know, 20 to 25, like for a personal trainer, you might go, I'm in Cronulla uh, in New South Wales. I want to target people who are aged 20 to 25 that are young women, right? That are, and they want to do a boot camp, and they're on Instagram. Like what would you do years ago with traditional media? Mm. You're not going to go to TV, radio, because mm. it's just so expensive to just enter it. Now you can do that on Instagram advertising and it, and then it extends to the new app that's about to come out which is Instagram shopping and that is an absolute game changer so in answer to your question no I wouldn't be driving community growth I wouldn't be trying to get your um, two or four thousand Instagram followers to get to ten what I would be doing is I would be using that platform right is an advertising channel to be driving it to subscribe to our newsletter yeah. or go and book on our website you have to because otherwise you're building it on their land. Yeah. You have to build it on your land, your email database, right? Because you will reach 100% of those when you send an email. Yeah. You have to build it to your website, your owned, um, your owned communities. Yeah. That's the trick. Um, it's to, um, using it as a net is unbelievable right now. As a... A net, you yes. know, to be able to net to people. Advertise. Yeah, yes. and to drag them towards you is huge because that's where all the eyeballs are. Just don't leave them there. So, mate, is that, is that the large sort of fundamental paradigm shift that people need to make? Because yep. when I speak to small business owners, it's, it's, I want more Instagram fans, you know, I want more followers. Oh, Whereas it should be, how do I advertise more effectively? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Just on that, I, I want to ask a, quite a pointed question. Um, someone I know we both respect, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Right? He's quite loud in this space. It's content, content, He's content. loud, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> he challenges <laughs> us. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine the three of us in a room? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we need a lot. Of, well, we wouldn't need any coffee, I should say. We'd have to take turns. We'd have a paddle. <laughs> I'm next. <laughs> he talks a lot about content, build audience. Do you think, do you see a flaw in that methodology, given no, what we've just discussed? Absolutely not. Why? Build a community. Everyone needs to build their community. But the 4,000 Facebook Don't do it on PT, their platform. Where, do, where am I doing it? You can do it wherever you want. You can do it, I, I would say, um, subscribing. I, I think email databases are incredibly powerful. Right. But I'd build an audience, whether that's, so here's an example, Mark Burris, right, is building mentor.com.au, which is like a marketplace. They've yep. got mentors on one side, they've got people on the other. He, he's basically capturing that audience on his website, mm -hmm. right? Or you can capture them in an email list. But I think building communities, everything, what we believe in is building tribes. Like that's mm. the point of it. It's not, tribe is not, all right, pay influencers so you can reach their tribe. It's about genuinely using a tribe of content creators mm. to be able to help you cultivate your own tribe. Mm. It's just what I'm saying is, um, at the moment, it still looks okay to build that tribe on Instagram, but I absolutely guarantee it will go the same way as Facebook. That's just natural, right? Um, where you will ha you will have decreased um, reach, and that's okay because there'll be other benefits and ways to use Instagram, and Facebook, because that is a booming space. So I'm using Facebook to as an advertising platform mm -hmm. to build a tribe uh, in an email, but essentially build my tribe and move my tribe somewhere to a land that I own. Yep. And I'm and I'm building community there. Yep. What's your view on YouTube? I mean, my, my sense around YouTube is there's there's a greater organic reach, yeah. and perhaps uh, you know doesn't face a lot of the challenges we're talking about right now with Instagram and Facebook. It does, and and uh, equally the same with LinkedIn. You know, li LinkedIn, YouTube, all of these platforms they have slightly different revenue models. Um, but from a, a YouTube point of view, absolutely, you've. You're, at the moment, you are reaching, you know, through subscriptions, a lot of those people. Yeah. So there's value to be investing in there. It's just a higher production cost. Yeah. Um, it's just slightly more difficult to be able to create content, video content. Yeah. But you mentioned something incredibly interesting before, turning your customers and clients and your audience into your marketing force. Mm -hmm. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. How does one do that? Well, it... it it takes technology to be able to, I suppose, um, provide the workflow yeah. to these people in order for them to um, uh, engage with you. So, and there's no way I can explain it other than try. Use try. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the I was perfect trying to. Example. <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to avoid. It. Here's my T-shirt. Here's my business card. Um, so I'll tell you how we do it. Yeah. So we. We are um, building a community of everyday people that have between 3,000 and 100,000 followers, which yeah. is not hard these days, and they're only producing more and more every day. Mm. And funnily enough, these people don't identify themselves as influencers, mm. even though a lot of people have unbelievable value to brands, right? So we're still early in the piece. 
So what we do is um, we have a brand upload a brief and self-serve. So say for instance, Rexona, who's in the app today. Rexona say, um, hey, we want people um, celebrating using Rexona, this new, um, uh, this new fragrance. Um, and then they'll put in some images. This is the sort of content that we want. And then they put that up into the app and then 50,000 people go, I use Rexona, I literally, or I'm going to the shops today, I'll just buy that one. And then what they do is they see how um, the brand wants it to be celebrated. So it could be thrown up in the air in slow-mo. And then all of a sudden they will do that, these creators, and then they'll submit it to the brand. Now the brand, Rexona, hasn't paid a cent. And now they've got 200 pieces of content, right? Mm. From their own customers who are, um, literally go out and buy the product, they shoot it to the brand specification. And then if you like it, you buy it. If you don't, you don't. And they're totally cool with that, mm. right? Because there's another, then there's Nutella and then there's Spotify and then there's, you know, there's 20 new campaigns every day. So people are like, yeah, I'll celebrate that in my way. So whether they're your Nikes or your watch, although I don't know that watch, it's a bit expensive, <laughs> but you know, cheaper watches, maybe Swatch, <laughs> but not a Rolex or a fake one from Bali. Um, we go for a swim and then you're like <laughs> what happened to my rolly the, the water in the it. hands come off and it's floating around anyway so you have these creators have 20 new opportunities to celebrate the brands every day right mm. so they're happy to submit something up front if there's a chance that they can get paid 200 bucks. Now, mm. if they get paid 200 bucks, they make that money within 24 hours, we pay them, and they publish it to their followers. So the next evolution of that is brands going, you know what, like Guzman and Gomez, right? Mexican fast food chain in Australia and, and moving globally into Singapore, etc. They will put in a, a brief, but then they could also do things like on their app, when you order burrito and you go to pick it up, it says, hey, we know you just bought a burrito. Go to that go to that brief and take a cool photo and we'll pay you. We'll reward you as a loyal customer. Mm. Like they want to reach their own database or Woolworths or Waitrose in the UK or you know um, Dwayne Reed in, in the US. They have databases. If they could say, hey, those of you that are the most influential and you love creating content, we want you to become our marketing force. And so there's just never been the technology or the way to do that. But here's where it gets really exciting. Influencer marketing 1.0 was about turning your customers into your marketing department. But what they're really doing now is turning them into their creative department. Mm. So as I said, you pay a, a celebrity five grand, over here you have 30 micro-influencers. There is a massive need right now for digital advertising, right? So a few years ago, it was traditional, mass marketing, one asset to many one billboard to many, one TVC. Now that we have Facebook and Google, the most sophisticated direct marketing operations in history, you can personalize it to a hundred different people. Mm. Guess what you now need? A hundred different images. Yep. And so the whole creative industry is under pressure, right? Mm. Because they're no longer a solution for the hundred. Mm. And yet the whole marketing world just goes, oh, I need content, I go to creative industry and they, it breaks down. So who is the biggest solution? Your own customers. They can create the variety, the volume, and now because of their iPhones, are the experts in crafting thumb-stopping content. They get those creative tools like AR and VR and stop mm. motion and portrait modes at the same time the creative agencies do. So it's the first time in history an everyday person can take a magazine quality billboard size piece of marketing collateral 
that challenges the creative agency mm. right at a time where brands need it. And so now over here, when you've got 30 pieces of content to repurpose versus one celebrity putting it up here, this is so compelling mm. to help them with the future. And I actually believe that customer generated content, not UGC, which is user generated content, customer generated content is the next multi-billion dollar category. It is far bigger than influencer marketing because influencer marketing is built on a proposition of reach and audience of which they do not own. So it's flawed. And don't even really have any more. No. I mean, organic reach, yeah. they can pay for it, but. But the fact that a billion everyday people have just graduated from the university of Instagram, yeah. like they can now, they, weren't, they didn't even think of themselves as photographers five or six years ago. Like there were photographers that were photographers. <laughs> you know, now there's like anyone takes an amazing shot. And if you went through your camera roll, you'd see hundreds of brands you already yeah. inadvertently celebrate and capture. Yeah. That's valuable to those brands if only they could access it. And so yeah. what we're trying to do, our vision at Tribe is to unlock the world's creativity, unlock all of those unbelievable assets that brands can purchase and use to solve the, their biggest pain point, which is um, a creative for social advertising. That is a tectonic shift to the landscape as we've known it. If we kind of look forward a little bit now, um, do you think, you know, the glory, the, you call them the boom days of Facebook, the boom days of Instagram, do you think another platform is going to come along and there'll be boom days in this new platform where there'll be a land grab for audience? No. Why? I don't think there'll ever be the next big social media platform. TikTok, wow. TikTok is potentially the closest that will get there. Um, LinkedIn already exists, purchased by Microsoft. And then the reasons why there will be no big next social media platform is because Facebook will either steal its greatest USP yeah. or they will purchase it. Yeah. And so Snapchat is right on the peripheral, but keep in mind that's not a, everyone got that mixed up. Everyone thought that was a broadcast medium like Instagram, which is public, but it's a messaging app. So it still has in the States an enormous value as a messaging app, right? But like Twitter, it'll sit on its side, but it won't ever now trump Facebook. Yeah. And so it's just going to be very diffi difficult to cut through and ever get to the size to compete. The same as Amazon and, you know, Apple. There's, there's it's, social media is just, because the reason why, the real reason, no one wants another app to open. Yeah, yeah. So I would prefer to open up Instagram and yeah. now I've got shopping within it or I've got this. Yeah. It'll just, each Instagram will spread out. It has IGTV, yeah. has shopping. And stories. And stories, they will just go broader. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think, so I think, and you know, Vero was one saying, the next Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Mate, there's no way that mm. they will be able to survive getting to the top mm. without interference from those that are threatened. What does the landscape look like two years from now? Uh, I think um, you go deeper within those. Instagram shopping is a monumental. So you understand Shopify, right? So this is Shopify, you create an e-commerce store, right? A website that sells products. So if you're selling candles, um, you know, you can be a 25-year-old person that crafts some candles and you can go to Shopify and you can, there's 600,000 vendors and it's really powerful. You can create a world around that. And if it resonates, it'll become really popular. Mm. Instagram shopping is even more exciting. So my wife does jewelry. So she crafts jewelry. 
There's nothing stopping her now doing Instagram shopping, using the power of the visual medium, the eyeballs within it, to be able to draw crowds towards your, um, your e-commerce site. So imagining it like an e-commerce site and not like a community on mm, Instagram mm. is probably a better way of doing it. Mm. Now, as soon as that happens, right, I've got my new candle that I wanna launch on Instagram shopping. We know it's powerful. We know that people are browsing, they're wanting to convert. Um, I can't, I now need user-generated content. Yeah. I've got 50 candles that I'm happy to give out to people, but yeah. I can't afford a creative agency yeah. and I can't get models. But I can turn my own customers into that mm. collateral. Mm. So when they go to my um, Instagram shopping page and it's candles, I see like a hundred beautiful images of people using it in different ways, doing mm. testimonials. So once again, the, they're prosumers, like mm. consumers. Prosumers are these people that are getting clever and professional like High Smile started, yeah. like Frank Body started. Yeah. These guys are the experts in um, personalization. Mm. And in that world, it is an absolute boom town. So in two years from now, people will be becoming, building empires on an Instagram shopping page. It's such an exciting space. Yeah. This is like part two of an ongoing Jack and Jules saga. <laughs> this is so not the end of this conversation. However, <laughs> the people behind the camera are giving us thumbs up. I do want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Yep. Number one popular piece of marketing advice you don't agree with? Rapid fire, huh? I'll get back to you. I'll just get <laughs> Jules my, doesn't I'll do get, rapid fire. I'll get my EA to <laughs> craft something and I'll just email it under my name. Give us something, Jules. Number one piece of advice you don't agree with? I mean, there must be a lot of it, right? There would be, um, that I don't uh, believe in. Well, I don't believe. Don't agree with. I don't agree with. Um, I don't agree with the fact that people would say that influencer marketing lacks authenticity. Because I actually mm. reckon it's the doorway to the most authentic type of advertising we've ever seen. I love that. What habit have you developed that's had the biggest impact on your life? Meditation. Wow. That's part three. We haven't spoken about <laughs> no. this. But I saw, your about this? I saw your video um, a while ago, but I've only, in the last five months, but uh, in, in singing from the same hymn book, absolutely transformative. Right. Okay. Yeah. We, need to, we need to catch up and talk about that. Um, if we went back to the day you started Tribe, what's the number one piece of advice you'd give yourself then, knowing what you know now? Don't fucking do it. <laughs> Instead, go to radio, talk about Taylor Swift's new haircut, get paid shitloads of money, and sleep more. <laughs> What's the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself on that journey? How immature I was when I started. Wow. Like wow. four and a half years ago, I was a completely different human. Wow. And it's been terrifying. But Worth it? Yeah, well, I hope so, if we can sell this thing. But uh, <laughs> if I can make any money, I haven't made any money a while. In fact, I'll be stealing some of those free beers out of there <laughs> to take with me and try I'll and pour them the out the front. Well. <laughs> no, look, it's it's tough. You know, as, as all of your um, your community would attest, yeah. being an entrepreneur is a stupid idea that is born out of passion and excitement and it's compelling, but it comes with its sacrifices and you hope that they pay off. But as I always believe, it's not what you really get from it, it's who you become. Yeah, and in the last four years, I've already benefited. That's awesome, man. I really like that. Team, for those of you listening, uh, we've spoken about Tribe a little bit throughout this discussion. Go and look at the platform. Like, I am gonna dive deeper into it as a result of this conversation. My team are gonna dive deeper into it as a result of this conversation. Tribegroup.co. 
Uh, also, follow Jules on Instagram, just at Jules Lund. Lund being L-U-N-D. Jules, anywhere else these people... I mean, you're just going to be seeing pics of my kids. <laughs> baby Chino on their face. Knock yourselves out, guys. What's Tribe's Instagram? At Tribe. Tribe. But, yeah, yeah. And there's also at tribe.content. We've got 10,000 odd case studies of work that we do. Um, but also... Um, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good way to have a look at what Tribe does. It's, it's exciting, but even more so, download the app. You don't have to be an influencer to browse all the hundreds of briefs and you can see what brands are doing and how they're describing it because it's a booming category. We now have like $250,000 worth of branded content submitted to our clients every day through our app. Like it's wow. booming. Wow. Uh, it's a great space and it's fun. Wow. Okay. Stay tuned for part three. We're going to continue the conversation around social media marketing and meditation. Mate, you are a legend. Thanks, Thanks for coming mate. in. Appreciate That's it. Awesome. You. All right, man. What's the number one piece of advice you give yourself? Don't do it. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm Jack DeLosa. If you enjoyed listening, make sure you hit subscribe and you'll be the first in line to get every new episode sent directly to your phone. While you're at it, open Instagram and connect with me. My handle is simply at Jack DeLosa, D-E-L-O-S-A. This is where you'll find me every day sharing the secrets of scaling multi-million dollar businesses and giving you a behind-the-scenes look at what it really takes to build a life that you love. You can also find me on all the usual places, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Just search Jack DeLosa. Thanks again for listening, and as always, dream out loud. That's a wrap. Yeah.